Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator with Anoka Hennepin Schools. Today, Barbie Smith, QComp Peer Evaluator, and Peace Mitchell, Student Achievement Advisor at Northdale Middle School, are joining us to have a timely and important conversation about how to talk to your kids about race in a meaningful way. Our communities, families, and schools, especially in Minnesota, are having conversations about implicit bias, justice, racism, and our understandings of the world. Several parents don't know where to start or how to continue to have the hard conversations around these topics with their children. Today, we're going to hear from both Barbie and Peace and learn invaluable information to help us have open and candid conversations with our kids to help create a more inclusive and equitable future for all. Thank you so much for joining us today, Peace and Barbie. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm so thrilled that you are here to have this conversation about how to talk to our kids about race and creating a more accepting place for our kids, for today, and for the future. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So Barbie, can you tell the listeners about your role in Anoka Hennepin Schools and what you're currently doing? As a QComp peer evaluator, what we do is we work with all staff in the district who are on a teacher contract. So that might be classroom teachers. It might also be counselors, teachers on special assignment, admin interns, anyone who is on that teacher contract. And we just go through coaching cycles. We work with them on job-embedded professional development. And so it really is a way of them coming up with all of their own ideas and putting those together to be even better for students. And how about you, Peace? I am a student achievement advisor. I've been in my building for 12 years. I work as an advocate for students. I work with families. I work with the administration. So it's kind of a liaison position mostly with underrepresented students. So students of color, I run different groups in like the Gay Straight Alliance. I have a Latinx group. So just different groups for uh, students that are underrepresented and just kind of trying to make them feel more comfortable in our building. I get to help teachers, like if they're having maybe issues with their students or, you know, it's just kind of like just a communication role and support role. So I love it. It's a great job. I think it's so great, too, that you guys both represent two different groups with the teacher lens and also the student and school lens and really bring a a wealth of knowledge and insight to our conversation today. So again, thank you for being here. Both of you have been a part of the district's work around creating a more inclusive environment for students, whether it's in your current role or roles you've had in the past or maybe as a parent. And you are continually learning, asking questions, and having conversations to celebrate diversity in all that you do. Can you tell us what you know about the topic of equity in race and how it has shaped the work that you are currently doing? Well, it's kind of, it's everything. I mean, I do a lot of reading about it because I feel like it does affect just our, our lives every day and how we interact with people, how we see ourselves, how we see our place in society. And so I feel like it just definitely feels like there's so much more now that we can read and and learn. And so I'm really grateful for that. Like I just think of the comparison of how it was with me growing up. I just feel like kids have better conversations now than we ever did, you know, in the past. I would agree with all the things that Peace is saying. And I think about it from a perspective of working with staff. 
and knowing that our staff is not always reflective of what our student population is. So all those things become even more critical to make sure we're meeting the needs of all of our students. How do we make sure that as a mostly white staff, that we don't have limited perspectives or that when we do, we try to open those perspectives up a little bit to make sure that we're supporting all of our students. And we both know, I think, in the district, it's just, it's the whole idea that in our country, we know we have to do better in our country. We know that Minnesota, we have bigger gaps than other places in the country. And we know that our district still has those gaps as well. So how do we create those opportunities for all of our students to be able to be supported and to be able to be successful in the avenues they want to take? I like both of the points you made, Peace, especially the things that you had said about how we see ourselves and how we interact with others and that there is continually work that we have to do day in and day out to understand our role in society and and how we can make an impact and really listen to the students that we're supporting or the teachers that we're supporting to really help them to move along in their journey of understanding how we all work together to make this world a better place for all. Kind of on that same vein or that same lens, what are you learning or hearing from students and staff regarding the topic of racial bias? As we know, especially in Minnesota, we've had a lot of conversations recently or the opportunity to have a lot of conversations around racial bias, justice. What are you guys hearing from your lens at the school or at the district level? I would say there's just definitely more conversations being had. And I feel like, you know, with the murder of George Floyd, I feel like that was really like a pivotal time. I just think that that really brought things forward and things you know, more urgent. So there's definitely been more of a conversation. It was awesome. My staff, we did like a a group that met during the summer, just kind of met virtually and talked about stuff. And I just felt that was so powerful because, you know, we had a lot of people represented in that conversation. And I just felt like we need those conversations. We need to have those. And as far as my students, it's interesting. I think that, you know, initially it was so intense. And so I just feel like, you know, kids are like adults. They're all in different places and where they're ready to talk about stuff or not. And I just think, you know, being open and being, you know, letting them know that you are a place where they can come and ask questions or talk about things, I think is the biggest, the biggest thing. I would agree. And Peace, just what you said too, about students knowing that you're a safe place to have this conversation. I think it's the same thing as a coach with teaching staff, counselors, everybody who's on the caseload. They're just looking for a safe place to be able to have these conversations. And I have been like really pleasantly surprised at how many staff have taken on equity as an urgency. They really are, they're coming up with these new ideas that are so amazing on how to better support students, both our students of color who need the support because of the structures that we have in place. And also our white students. How do we help open up those conversations with our white students and really support that it's not racist to talk about race? Like we have to have these conversations and our staff are doing those things, which is, it's really been cool. More so this year than any other year, they're feeling that urgency and they're acting on that urgency in their professional development. I think that that's a huge shift in our culture too. I've been myself listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of information, and then also just trying to absorb all of the information I can around this topic, just trying to be a better human being. And I think that that point comes up a lot, that it's not racist to talk about race. 
I think the more that we know and the more that we're able to at least feel comfortable with the unknown and to say, I'm not quite sure about that, let me get back to you. But at least kids know or adults know that you are a safe place that you can come to and have the conversation or a conversation around a certain topic. And this kind of leads right into our next question is, why is it important to have the conversation with our kids? A lot of times in the past, maybe when I was growing up or when you guys were growing up, in my house at least, it was comfortable to sweep it under the rug and not really have the conversation. And so I feel like I maybe navigated the world and just understanding of what I heard from adults. And my parents never really had those tough conversations with me. So I'm curious from your perspective, why is it important, especially now, to have the conversation with kids? You know, we want our kids to be prepared. And I would say that in some families of color, the conversation is ongoing. I mean, they've had it, you know, forever. So I think just knowing what happens when people do not understand race, you think about if some of these people who have killed others, if they had a better understanding of race, it would have influenced how they interacted with with Black people. I just think you have to. Like, there's really no other way. And it, why wouldn't you? I guess I would say, why? Why not? Yeah. I think about this, you know, with my parent perspective. As a white parent of white children, my biggest point of pride isn't going to be what they've accomplished or if they make a lot of money or what their job is. It's really going to be their humanity toward other people. That's what's going to be important to me. And so when I think about this, I want my own children to be able to recognize the privilege that they walk with in our world. I want them to be able to not only be allies, but to be advocates. I want them to be seeing the structural and policy things that we have in place that we need to interrupt so that we can have more equity in our world. And the bottom line is our children have questions. Our children are thinking about this. And it's every age from the very, very youngest to our teenagers and adult children. They have questions and they should feel like their concerns are valid and important. And just to be able to allow them to ask their questions, allow them to have feelings about these things, I just think it's super critical. What you had just said, Barbie, really resonates with a lot of the things that I have been listening to or talking about too, is that kids know and kids do have questions and we are raising our kids to be curious and ask questions because our role as adults, as caring adults, is really to prepare them for the future and to prepare them for lifelong learning. And what both of you had said, it just is really important for them to understand where they are and to be able to ask those questions and have those conversations as we prepare them to become citizens in our society. And then the point about really understanding and recognizing the privilege that we walk with and what does that mean for me and what does that mean as I go into the world to become an adult? Yeah. And I I think there there was a long time where we couldn't even use the word privilege. And so I just think, wow, we've made it that far. But really making sure that we're doing that education piece, because I think that so often people hear that and then they shut down. I guess one thing that I do when I talk to kids and adults is just kind of really talking about how the system has been set up in a certain way. And you didn't really have any say in that. So it's not meaning that your life hasn't been hard or any of those things, but there's just certain things that you don't even have to think about. I think when you have it that way, it's easier for them to to get it. Well, and one of the things that you alluded to piece that I just have been thinking about so much lately too, is not just thinking about privilege in the things that I get as a white person, 
but it's also what are the things that I don't have to have because I'm a white person. That's privilege too. I don't worry about getting stopped for traffic violations. I just figure if I get stopped, whatever, everything's going to be fine. And not everybody can walk through life that way, thinking, just assuming everything's going to be fine. So that's one of those pieces too that I think when we think about privilege, it's also that. It's the not having to worry about certain things is also a privilege. I would say too, when I think about privilege that I have, I mean, I am a Black woman, but I'm also middle class and a light-skinned Black woman too. So I think it is important for us to recognize like the privileges that we do have. I mean, I'm also straight and cisgendered and all of those things. So I just think that that's, you know, the privilege is a huge piece. I also think just acknowledging who we are and what we carry, but also understanding that we can learn and we can change and we can adapt and really trying to relate to others and understand. We're never going to understand someone else's whole story, but we can start to understand parts of their story and ask questions and get to know them for who they are and how they're showing up, which I think is a super valuable lesson and important for all of us to remember. Ensuring schools are safe and welcome for every student and those who walk through our doors is a strategic priority for the Anoka Hennepin School District, and it's not just a statement. It's an action plan based on community feedback and is constantly evolving. Preparing students for life, developing the next generation of citizens, is a foundational value of the Anoka Hennepin Schools. Working with parents, guardians, and the community to ensure schools are meeting expectations is important. Thank you for your attention to this podcast. So before the break, we were talking about why it's important to have the conversation with our kids about race or about biases that we carry. Can you guys give a little insight about how the district or school approaches the topic when students bring it up in a class or if they see you in the hallway or come into your office and have a conversation with you? Honestly, I think it varies. I think right now, There are a lot of us that are still uncomfortable having these conversations. We don't feel ready. We don't feel trained to be able to have those. And there's a fear in that when you feel uncomfortable. I do think there are more and more people who are becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is a really good thing. That's what we need. So thinking about all of that, I just think the more training we have, the more often we continue to have these conversations with each other, the easier it will be to continue to have those conversations with our students too, while just being open and supporting and just allowing them, just like we said earlier as a parent, allowing them to have their questions, allowing them to do what they need to do to get their answers. I think for myself too, like knowing that it is okay to be uncomfortable, I've had to come to that place and takes time and understanding. And in some situations, you're totally fine with that. And in other situations, you're that's still an uncomfortable thing. But I think also to your point, Barbie, about just thinking about my own biases or how I'm showing up in a conversation has also been something that I've been really trying to work on or think through as well. What do I know? And what, what am I thinking when I'm engaging in the conversation? And I do agree with you that the more I can have dialogue about conversations that I don't know a lot about or that I'm continuing to try to learn about, And the more training that I can have, the better I feel and the more confident I feel in having those uncomfortable conversations or just being like, I don't know the answer to that. That's a great thought. 
let's revisit that tomorrow when I can learn a little bit more, when I can have some more time to process that question. So I think that that is really important too, that we're on a journey and sometimes we're really far along in that journey and then a different scenario comes up and we are back to our old self. So just really knowing that we're all on a journey in every situation that we have is different. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, that kind of reminds me of Kendi's book when he's talking about how there's days when, you know, you feel like you've got it. And then there's days when you're, you're not there. So I do think that the more vulnerable you can be in the conversations that you're having with people, and just admitting, like, I do not know all of the answers, and I'm still learning myself. I just feel like that really, at least in our building, I feel like that has been very helpful in encouraging those conversations. As far as the district is concerned, I feel like the equity plan that was passed by the board and we're, you know, working towards so that it's actually making change, I think is a huge step. And I also know that we're going to be trying to make sure that all of the schools have the same knowledge and vocab when we're dealing with all of those different things. Like we want to make sure that all buildings have that knowledge and that all people within the buildings have that knowledge. So I think that's a really positive move for our kids for our families. So the other thing I want to say is I feel like the more that we can encourage the populations that we are trying to reach, like the more we can get feedback and conversation from them, the better off we'll be. Because what I have found even with my job is like, I might assume this is what somebody wants, or this is what somebody needs. And then I'll talk to them and they're like, no, what are you talking about? It's like, I just think that that's one of the things we, you know, we're helpers, we want to help, but really actually talking to the people that it impacts, like, I feel like that's a huge thing that we need to continue to get better at. So I feel like we talked about what staff can do or schools can do, but are there specific tips for parents? I know, Barbie, you mentioned you are a parent and have had conversations with your own children about this, but are there specific tips that you guys can provide parents that are maybe hoping to continue to have a conversation or difficult conversations with your kids? Yeah, I, so I think the, for me, the biggest thing is don't avoid it. It's so easy as a white parent of white children, it'd be so easy for me to just be like, yeah, I don't, this isn't my job. I don't need to worry about this. It doesn't affect me, but it does affect me and it does affect my children and it affects our whole entire society. So don't avoid it. That would be the first thing. Don't avoid the conversation. And then the second thing is I think sometimes we worry that we can't have these conversations with our younger kids, our little ones. And I just fully believe we can. And I have had those with my children since they've been little. And it's one of those things where just answering the questions that they have, asking them questions back, I think about something that happened with one of my own children when she was in fifth grade and being able to ask her back and say, well, what do you think about that? Why do you think that wasn't right? How did it make you feel? Just getting her to talk about it and letting her have the voice. So it's not just me telling her, oh, this is okay, or this is not okay, and this is why, but allowing her to to have that voice as well, I think is really critical. And you can do that with little kids. And when they're done with the conversation, they're going to let you know. They're going to be like, "Mm, I want a popsicle or whatever, (laughs) but they're going to let you know they're done. And you're like, okay, but it will come up again because they feel safe in that conversation. They don't feel like it's something they have to avoid. And of course, you know, as your kids get older, just again, I would go back to the earlier thing that, you know, that we talked about, which is just, it's not racist to talk about race and just reassuring kids of that because somewhere along the way, they start learning that. 
that it's racist to talk about race. And I don't know where or how that happens, but but we need to undo that. One of the good points that I had heard outside of this conversation too, kind of to echo what you're talking about, Barbie, is that you can start the conversation from a very young age, whether it's with books, but also keeping it in simple sentences and saying things that are real and also just not making it scary for a young child. I know that there are, if you even just Google it, there are a ton of books online that really help a parent when they're starting to want to have this conversation with their young children or even their middle school or high school children. I feel like books are always a great way to start the conversation. Or if you see something on TV, you could also ask a follow-up question like, we just were watching the news and we heard about this. What are you thinking about that? Or have you had a conversation about this? To even just start the dialogue and open up the dialogue with your child. Peace, are there any other tips that you would provide parents? I would, I agree with all of the things that you said. I think that there's so many like videos and depending on their age, but I just think there's so many things that they see on a daily basis that are related to race. And so, yeah, just asking them those questions. And I've had those conversations with my sons ever since they were little. I mean, we had to. So I think, I guess one of the things I would say, I really love how Barbie says, let them ask you questions. Like, I mean, there were obviously conversations we had to have with them about safety, but I also think let them kind of lead the conversation. Don't go on and on and on and on because they just totally shut down and they don't hear you. So yeah, (laughs) we've all experienced that with our kids. (laughs) Yeah. I just think that the more that you can basically say, you know, I'm learning this and you might know more than I do. So I think that can be, be good and powerful super powerful to at least acknowledge that and say, let's learn this together. Let's do this together. Are there any places at the school, if a parent would like to have a conversation with another adult as well before they have this conversation with their kid, are there any resources at the school or at the district level that a parent could reach out to for support? Well, I would say, you know, any of the support staff in the buildings, like they would be probably a good place to go if you have a student achievement advisor in your building. Unfortunately, we don't have them in the elementary schools. So I service the elementary schools that feed into Northdale. But I honestly feel like social workers and the different support people in the building would be a good place to start. And they can always email. I think about all the conversations Peace and I have had over the years, just about our own children. You know, we've had that network with each other. And well, I'll speak for myself. I've screwed up over the years. (laughs) But we talk about that and being able to have that supportive place is just so critical. And yeah, so yes, I mean, absolutely contacting either one of us, but also folks you feel comfortable with in the building already, they're going to be able to help support. So I think the social worker is a great place to start or the SAA or Barbie or UPS, but also uh, I like what you had said, Barbie, because you guys have had conversations as friends about how you're really great parents sometimes. And sometimes it's like, darn it, I missed the mark on that. What would you do? So I think that that's also really important to address. Also talk to your friends. Maybe you have a, a friend that you have hard conversations with and just say, can I practice with you about this? Or what would you do in this situation? is also really important to lean on the people around you and ask those questions as well if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to the school. Lastly, there's been a lot of heaviness in our community, as you're both aware of, on the socials, in the media, and overall conversation. And it's also important for kids to be kids. So we want to have the conversation with kids. We also want them to grow and mature and ask questions that they want to, but be able to also have rest and enjoy being a child. 
So do you have any tips for how to keep kids aware, but also and engaged, but also have them have the opportunity just to be kids? We've kind of hit on this a few times today already, but one of the key pieces, I think, and piece, you may have been the one who said this first, but just make sure you examine yourself. You know, I mean, are you putting it on your child or are you letting your child lead the conversation? I think piece, the way you worded it was leading the conversation. Gauge from them and it is heavy and it is critical. So we still have to have the conversation as well. Don't end the conversation for them. You're cutting off their voice when you do that. And I've done that to my own children. So I know and I, I see that, oh man, I messed up there. And let them explore what they need to explore in that conversation. Let them learn that what they think and feel has value. And when they're done, they're done. They'll come back. They will come back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also think they're constantly watching us to see how we're handling things. So if we're stressed out and not functioning really well, they definitely notice that. So I, I mean, I think that, yeah, you put it out there. If they want to talk about it, they will. You know, you say, I'm here when you need that. But also, you know, being able to take care of yourself and knowing your balance, I think is really important too. So yeah. And Peace, you and I have talked about that before too. How do we have enough self-care for ourselves that we can be our best for our kids too? And we're modeling that when we're taking care of ourselves, we are modeling self-care so that this heaviness doesn't become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I think that modeling piece is really important to be able to say, here's how I'm showing up. And sometimes I need to take a break from the whatever the conversation is or whatever is going on in your life as well. And I think that that's also really great to teach our kids. Like it is okay to say, I, I need to take a break right now. I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling stressed or I, I just need to rest. So wrapping up today, I think that that's a number one takeaway, a big takeaway is just making sure that you're taking the time to process what you need. Also, as a parent, you are a role model and kids are watching and do look to you, whoever you are, whether you're a parent or a staff person or a community member, our youth are looking up to you and how you respond in difficult situations. And then also the importance of having the conversations. It's sometimes difficult and it's sometimes uncomfortable, but it is critical right now as we are shaping our youth to become prepared for the future and to become adults that we do have conversations that sometimes we are uncomfortable with or maybe don't know the answers to and that we have an understanding of our understanding and maybe know that we have a lot of learning to do when we're on a journey together. And sometimes, as you guys mentioned, we're going to do awesome and we're going to hit it out of the park. And sometimes we're going to question did I do that right? What could I have done better? Know that it's we're on a journey of learning together. And also, it's okay to be uncomfortable. I think that that's new for us. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay not to know all the answers, that we are all continuing to learn, and we all should continue to ask questions as we prepare ourselves and especially our kids for the future, whether it's work, whether it's life, whether it's college, whether it's their career. We're going to work with all different types of people with all different sorts of skills and abilities. So just making sure that students know that they can have conversations and they can have a dialogue with people who may be different than them. And I think the most important thing is just to celebrate the diversity in our communities and to really know that we live in a world that has a lot of different people with a lot of skills and a lot of abilities and really how we can partner together to make the earth and the place we live much better for all of us. So with that said, I just want to say thank you both for being here. Are there any last minute things that you want to add before we wrap up for today? 
I feel like you hit everything that was on my list. I guess the only other thing is just that reassurance that we do continue to grow and we do continue to move past our own discomfort so we can have these conversations with our kids. I would agree. And I think the other thing I'm going to say is kind of question yourself, like, is it uncomfortable or is it dangerous? I think that sometimes we get so afraid and we do shut down. But if we actually say, okay, is this actually dangerous? No, it's not. I can work through this, you know? So yeah, you hit it. I like that all the things you said, Liz. Thank you both so much for your time today. I know you're both valuable, invaluable resources for our district and our communities. And I just really appreciate the candid conversation that we could have about really how to support our kids or have a conversation with our kids about race to help create a more inclusive and equitable future for all of us. So thank you so much. And thank you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.